Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is season 4, episode 61 of this daily study podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again today as we continue with our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials covering uh, Genesis chapters 24 uh, to 27. Uh, in the week of February the 21st to February the 27th and today uh, we are going to move into Genesis 26 and perhaps cover all of this uh, chapter today leaving us with chapter 27 to finish tomorrow. Um, So this chapter is um, probably less in depth uh, as the other two uh, particularly with the discussion about the servant of Abraham uh, sorry it's servant of well servant of Abraham um, Abraham's death um, meeting Rebecca, Rebecca meeting Isaac, and e- Jacob and Esau's experience beginning together with the pottage. We've covered a lot of ground over the last four days, and so today, uh, this chapter kind of focuses on a another incident which um, we won't need to spend much time on. However, uh, there is a f- the first five verses which are very important. Um, the Abrahamic covenant is renewed with Isaac. Isaac uh, feels uh, because of the t- a time of famine. Uh, that they need to move themselves to a different land. Uh, He heads off to go toward Egypt, but then he ends up staying in a land on the way. And you will see why. Um, In fact, the Lord says in verse 3 of Genesis 26, Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee forever. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. So we see here that this Abrahamic covenant is now being passed on to the next generation, uh, something which we know is possible for us. We are able now to be blessed by the the covenant made by the Lord to Abraham. Uh, It is prevalent, it is available in our lives, if of course we um, try and follow Christ um, and seek after him. Elder Neil A. Maxwell taught, quote, Jesus Christ's infinite atonement affected every age, every dispensation, and every person. Hence the appropriate symbolism of his bleeding at each and every pore, not just some, in order that as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. There will be no end to the ripples of the rest- resurrection resulting from the infinite atonement. There will be no end either to the posterity of those who receive eternal life, eventually more posterity than the stars in the heavens, how infinite indeed, close quote. This Abrahamic covenant was not intended just for Abraham. It is referred to as the Abrahamic covenant because it is the first time that we in recorded scripture have it, have it such laid out in detail. We refer to it as the Abrahamic covenant. But I'm sure that the blessings of eternal posterity, of priesthood, of a promised land uh, apply to people before Abraham and they certainly do after Abraham as well. In fact, we are invited into the, the lineage, into the um, being a, in a descendant of Abraham when we are baptised. Uh, we are adopted into a house of Israel who is, um, of course, descended from Abraham. Um, in verse 4, the Lord continues, And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and will give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And this is how this all the nations of the earth shall be blessed uh, is fulfilled in the sense that we are all blessed from these great actions of these patriarchs. Sister Julie B. Beck, um, speaking to a gathering of young women, young women, that I believe that what she says applies to all of us, says this, quote, 
when you receive your patriarchal blessing, you get a glimpse of eternity. You begin to see a picture of what lies ahead for you because your blessing will refer to the eternal purpose and journey. The patriarch who gives you your blessing does not know what your blessing will be until he gives it. He depends on the spirit to tell him what to say. In your blessing, you are told about your ancestry in the house of Israel. That's your family line, and your family line is sometimes called a tribe. All the tribes go back to the great patriarch Abraham. Your lineage is important. It means that you are included in the promises given to Abraham that through him, all the nations of the world would be blessed. Close quote. And we see this because in verse 5, uh, the Lord finally finishes by saying, Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes and my laws. So we see that um, there is, um, this is made available to us because, of course, our Saviour has made it possible. But also Abraham has lived well enough that this covenant could be passed to his children and to his descendants. And so we are grateful for that. Again, we see Abraham as almost uh, a, a symbol of our Saviour in that sense, um, which is uh, incredible to think about. We then move forward uh, into um looking at Isaac's interactions in this land in Gerar, and we meet Abimelech. Now, if that name is familiar to you, it should be, because he is the one uh, that intended to marry uh, Sarah um, and was chastised by the Lord, but then kind of rightly said that he didn't know that Sarah was Abraham's wife. Um, And of course, he wouldn't do such a thing. Now, quite an interesting experience happens here because Isaac also has similar concerns about what will happen to him if he lets the the people know or or lets the, the king of the land, Abimelech, know uh, that he is, in fact, the husband of, Sarah, of Isaac. Uh, the husband of Rebekah. Isaac is not the husband of Isaac. Uh, in verse 7, it says, And the men of the place asked him of his wife, and he said, She is my sister, for he feared to say, She is my wife. Lest, said he, the men of the place should kill me for Rebekah, because she was fair to look upon. And it came to pass, when he had been there a long time, that Abimelech, king of the, of the Philistines, looked out of a window and saw, and behold, Isaac was sporting with Rebekah, his wife. Now, a couple of things to point out here. Uh, the custom of the time, uh, uh, and the of the uh, where uh, when Isaac was living, uh, was that killing a husband to marry his wife was seen as uh, not necessarily a, a bad, as much of a bad thing. Committing adultery with another man's wife, now that was a big no-no in this society, but killing a man's man to then be able to marry their wife, eh, not, not so bad. Um, so uh, Isaac is fearing for his life in saying that he is the husband of Rebecca, for she must be uh, a desirable bride. Uh, and as such, he says that she is his sister, uh, but then uh, Abimelech notices um, them sporting. Now, with regard to what this word sporting means, uh, I mean, if we look at the Hebrew root, it's actually the same word, <laughs> rather un- unhelpfully, that is used when we look at uh, Sarah laughing and Abraham laughing. It's that storkak word, which means to laugh uh, in merriment or scorn or to sport. So that doesn't really help us. I mean, if they were just laughing, I don't, I don't think that'd be such an issue. But the uh, the NIV version of the Bible um, suggests the word caressing his wife, and so clearly there is some um, deeper level of connection here than a brother and sister, which the king recognizes. 
Uh, and in verse 9, it says, And Abimelech called Isaac and said, Behold of a surety, she is thy wife. And how saidst thou, she is thy sister? And Isaac said unto him, Because I said, lest I die for her. Um, so he opens up and he's honest about it and says, Look, I was afraid that I would be killed. But in verse 11, it says, And Abimelech charged all his people, saying, He that toucheth this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Um, that obviously is a, is a wonderful end to that kind of experience because we see here that this king it respected Isaac and Rebekah enough uh, to make a decree that the people in the land should leave these two alone uh, and not um, kind of uh, do anything to them. Uh, and so this is um, a wonderful um, opportunity to, to understand perhaps how much respect Isaac and Rebekah had in the land perhaps how much support or help or um, um, help they'd given other people. So much so, in fact, um, that actually uh, later on in this chapter, we see Abimelech make a, a peace treaty uh, with Isaac. Um, in verses 28 and 29, it says, And they said, We saw certainly that the Lord was with thee, and we said, Let there now be an oath betwixt us, even betwixt us and thee, and let us make a covenant with thee, that thou wilt do us no hurt, as we have not touched thee, and as we have done thee unto thee nothing but good, and have sent thee away in peace, and thou art blessed of the Lord. They recognise the Lord is with Abraham and Rebekah and their family. They see perhaps their wealth and growing prosperity, um, and they see that the Lord is with them. So the point that perhaps they are fearful that he will rise up and turn against them uh, and overpower them. Of course, Isaac agrees uh, and, and there is peace, which is, um, again, a great example, particularly in the day that we live in today. Uh, finally, just very quickly, it mentions that Esau was 40 years old and he takes to wife um, two wives, uh, both Hittites, who are from the land of Canaan. And this ends the chapter with the phrase, which were a grief of mind unto Isaac and Rebekah. Um, this obviously is not a good indication of perhaps um, Esau taking on board the wishes of his parents, um, perhaps in the same way that Abraham wanted Isaac to marry someone who wasn't of Canaan, someone who was from that same lineage that they were that could perhaps continue the covenants moving forward. And this was a great concern to them, which then will, of course, lead us to Genesis chapter 7 and this passing on of the birthright blessing to Jacob rather than to Esau. Uh, we'll have a look at that tomorrow in this study. Thank you so much for listening today, and until we meet again.